All right, man. Good, uh, good to be sitting down with you. What's up? You too. Whew. Just, uh... Just ate a big meal, right? That was the... Yeah, just got back from a weird brunch. Well, how's that? Because you said you were up in Chicago, so what... what uh... Yeah, they had a... They put us in a, uh, a pod. We were inside of a pod with... A pod lunch, A few huh? other people. Yeah, it was like, uh... Fire in the Sky. Have you seen the movie Fire in the Sky? No. There's a John Butler trio song called Fire in the Sky I like a lot, but that's the only only reference I really have for it. Oh, well, this is a Fire in the Sky is about UFOs. It's about an actual thing that happened in either Oregon or Washington. Uh, these This guy, they were, they were loggers, and they went out to uh, the site, like, really, or they were leaving a site really early in the morning, and they saw, you know, like a sort of red thing in the sky and they're like what the fuck so they they drove up and then one of the guys one of the workers got out and like started walking towards this uh sort of beam of red light they saw and he got abducted by a he got abducted by a ufo and the other guys who were with him like witnessed this whole thing and it's a tr- it really happened what where do you where do you watch that on is it, Fire in the Sky is like is a, a, a Hollywood-produced movie about that incident. I got gotcha. you. So you can watch it wherever. I think I actually watched it a couple of years ago on, um, you know, Hulu or whatever. I have to look into it. One of those. You 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 can type in Fire in the Sky and maybe Sling. I feel like Sling would have it. All right. But yeah, uh, then I then I recently did like research about the actual guy. Um, how that? Who it happened how to that? Does he seem like a crazy person, or does he seem like pretty normal? No, nah, nah, he seemed. I think he got abducted by aliens, man. <laughs> well, I if he wasn't crazy before, I'm sure the aftermath of that would uh, ensue some wild craziness. Yeah, yeah. Think, there's definitely like uh, uh, in Massachusetts on the the first, uh, you know, the new reboot of. Um, Unsolved Mysteries. I actually watched this episode. My girlfriend made me watch it, and it was pretty. It was definitely uh, seemed pretty pretty crazy how it was all connected. Yeah, the, the the fact that these people recognized each other from not because they they grew up like you know five miles from each other, but they didn't they had never seen each other before. But then uh, they they could recognize recognize each other around town because they had been on this. Uh, spacecraft together. That's fucked up. There's man. a lot of weird coincidences in that that seem a little bit too, too, um, too much to be coincidences. I think, but I don't know. You know, it's all it's hard hard to say one way or the other. I try not to dig my feet in about anything, but I don't know. I well, I feel I, I'm I'm getting the sense that maybe. You don't believe it a little bit, though. I I don't not believe it. I I mean, yeah. I I try not to feel too strongly about anything. My my opinion can yeah. be swayed, and uh, you know I'm I'm not try not to think I'm right too much because I I yeah th- I mean I've been wrong too many times. Yeah yeah for sure. So uh, how how's the how's the plan going? You been had any shows or? <laughs> Uh, we just did the uh, Rockefeller, you know, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. It was distanced, so there's nobody there. What I don't even uh, know what, what your what event was this? 
<laughs> no, I'm just joking. kidding. I did not play the Madison Square Garden. All right. Well, that would have been awesome <laughs> if you did, I guess. But, <laughs> but I, uh, go ahead. What, you, so you haven't played a show in a while? No, nah, other than, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to do a couple live stream things. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can Tyler? hear you perfectly. Can okay, you hear me? Good. Yeah, uh, just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so no shows. I, I've i always been pretty impressed with the amount of content you put out there. Seems like you're always doing something, so I'm sure you are got a lot of extra time to be putting music out, right? Yeah, I mean... Uh... Yeah, there's there's a lot of projects because it's really the only thing I've been able to do. Right. Yeah. So, um, Ch- is Chicago pretty much just not even a chance of doing show because I mean I've had a couple shows here and there, but yeah, you can. I mean, I, I I've talked to people who've played shows out here. Um, there's a place called Fitzgerald's that has a patio. They were doing shows all summer. Um, yeah, you basically had to find a place outside. Outside, but that's you know, all any, about any sort of uh, patio. That's all about to... pretty much a private engagements. You know, I know people played weddings still and stuff like that. Yeah, I was supposed to play a wedding, and then you know, with the COVID stuff, just they completely ended up and canceled it. So they postponed yeah. it twice and then canceled. So that's a... yeah, I'm I'm getting married actually in September. You are congratulations. So. That's awesome. Thank you. And yeah. uh, so, are you doing that in Chicago? Or are you doing that anywhere exciting? Actually, you were doing it in Jamaica, Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Awesome. Well, that sounds like that'll yeah, be fun. My 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 fiance is uh uh half I guess half Jamaican, but they don't play that over there. If you're like if you're like twenty five percent Jamaican, you're just like you're Jamaican. I gotcha. Yeah. They don't they don't so, pay attention to that. But it just uh it'll be nice because she has so many. You know, Jamaican people, they they are all over the world. Like, there's lots of Jamaican people in, like, London, uh, Toronto, New York. Those are, like, big hubs. Mm-hmm. And Renee, she has families. Uh, she has family in all those cities. So the easiest thing for everybody to do actually ended up being... Just go to Jamaica. Uh, to have a wedding in Jamaica. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you ever been there before? Yeah. Uh, we went. Yeah, I was like eight or nine. Oh, okay. So uh, now we went on a cruise. I gotcha. Me and my parents, and uh, my brother, my family. Short way to say it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> was it just like one stop, real quick, or were you there? Yeah, for... yeah. Like, we were there for like four hours, and I think my parents got scared, and we like, like they said, like on the on the uh, on the boat, like, hey, don't you know when you get off the boat. Don't just like go with the first person that comes up to you or whatever. Right. And that's what we did. <laughs> and we w- ran around with this guy named Patrick for, uh, you know, a few hours or whatever. But he took us into the jungle and everything. Like there is no and then it was, tourists it was time, around at all. It was time to turn it around, huh? I Give mean, it. I wasn't getting any. I wasn't smart enough. Yeah, I was going to say was you like were eight, eight so you can't really, you don't really, wouldn't probably yeah, think of that. So I, I remember the tour guide, he was like, uh, yeah, we were going back to the boat. And he's like, yeah, we'll take you to the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the sugar cane fields and show you the sugar cane. And I got all excited because you can chew on it and mm. eat it, which I now got the pleasure of uh, experiencing. Nice. Because I'm dating someone from Jamaica. But... And it sounds like you'll be back in those fields here soon. You'll probably get shown one in person, right? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going back. That'll be fun. But like, yeah, at the time I was like, oh. 
I'm gonna get to try the sugar cane, and I got all excited, and my parents were like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we're going we back go. to the boat." Makes sense. At the midnight buffet tonight. You chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never, never even thought about really going on a cruise. I thought about playing on one. I don't really know if that would be. Um, how... man. Well, we can talk about that because I've never done it, but I've known, you know, through my travels, I've met a lot of musicians, and I know people that have done the. You've met people who have done the cruise ship thing, right? Um, maybe one or two, but, I mean, I, yeah. I've i never really gotten any com- sort of conversation with it about it or with them about it, but... it's, I hear it's hell. Yeah, that's kind of... But it's supposed to pay pretty good, I think, ultimately, and you're not having to... I mean, for probably for a musician, it, play, it pays good, but it probably, like... You probably get like a what, a what a teacher would make or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, but you don't, you're not like paying... You're still getting, Cause it's usually like months and months, so uh, or like you have a place to live too. That's yeah, the that's thing. the other thing I was gonna say is you you wouldn't have to pay for yeah. room and board and food and stuff like that. So all that money kind of, even though it might be a little bit less than a teacher, still kind of I think comes comes back to you on the back end a little bit there without having to pay all that extra expense. But I don't know. I'm not crazy enough. I don't think. No, I don't think I am either, and I'm pretty fucking crazy. But like. Uh, I hear I hear it's hard to like not get wrapped up into you know whatever reality show esque drama <laughs> yeah, unfolds. I would imagine there'd be a lot of there. that. Yeah. Just dealing with the same people for you know however long every day. Uh, but if you hey if you, let's them. make a deal r- right now that if one of us ever goes on a like has to play on a cruise or something we'll we'll try and rope the other person. All right, into it. I'm into it. It works for, works for <laughs> me. Right. I, I, I think I just got some rabbit hole one night and I was like looking down like what what all it would take to do it. I don't even know if I would qualify, honestly. I don't know if I'm a, a good I could play a lot of covers. I think that's what you'd need to be able to do. I don't I don't know. I think you'd be I think you'd be solid because anything that you'd need to learn. Like you'd probably it'd be like you know oh fuck you don't know summer loving from the Grease soundtrack, <laughs> and then you're like oh damn you're not gonna be up on that figuring that one out I don't think you know well what I mean? I'm not today but if I was on a boat you know I I might spend a little <laughs> you're on a boat with no resources yeah, I might end up and learn some summer loving, but <laughs> I'd come back with hey, man, bad bad news we don't have internet so <laughs> <laughs> just do it from the records like the olden days. The olden days. Yeah, where I love that. Where, I love that term, olden days. What, what, just the the aesthetic of the the words together, or just yeah, uh, yeah. Old. I think olden, just olden. Like what is it that? It sounds like um, something from uh, like Thor, Thor, and uh, what's what's the I'm blanking on it. The the Marvel movie. I see what you're getting at. Like. What what Odin Odinson? That's what that's what they say in the Thor comic books. Odinson, I think he's the some sort of god, but I don't know. So I, I'll check that out. <laughs> you're not not a big comic book guy. Uh, let's see. I I did have I, got, I had a a stint in 1992. I got into comics because actually comics were. Uh, like in the in the early '90s, if you went in, uh, with your mom to the grocery store and you like waited in line, at the end, the little cashier area, you know where they had like the, candy? the, uh, the tabloids. The they had comics, candy and comics. That's what the kids. And want the on first the way comic out. that popped out to me was the death of Superman. 
So DC guy. Because huh? I was like, holy fuck, Superman's. Do you do you know the comic book cover where it has a, a flagpole and it has Superman's cape? It's all ripped up on the flagpole. Have you seen that? I haven't. Well, that's the one that like drew me into the world of comics. And I did collect comics for probably a summer. <laughs> I gotcha. You, you got in and got out real fast, huh? Yeah. My brother has them. My brother has all of them. Well, maybe... Th- my brother kept everything. Maybe they're worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars now. Uh, we paid, I think, $3 for one comic. So, yeah, it's probably worth, like... Seven? The Superman Died comic. We should... I. I could look it up right now, actually. I wish we were like the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> and we can tell some fucking kid to Jake, be like, hey, look this up. The young Jamie? To Jamie, yeah. yeah, that's his name. <laughs> hey, Jamie, bring that up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got this mic, though, at the very least. This is the same mic that they use on that Oh, one. nice. And a lot of other ones. Yeah, I've seen that mic a lot. What is that one? That's a SB, uh, well, I'm probably saying it wrong. It says it right on it. I think a SB. It's SB SM seven SM seven B. One of the uh, guys, um, Dave Matthews. He he str- does a lot of streaming in this quarantine thing, and he's always using that a mic that looks like almost exactly like that. Yeah, it always, it's probably the same mic. It always it's sounds the Michael good. Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson bad mic. Um, it's like four hundred bucks. It. Uh, so is that what you do it, a majority of your recording with? Yeah, now especially with vocals because it like really it it captures a it, it catches a lot of the low frequency, which is important with uh, like a vocal track. So you hear vocals and especially with tenors and then anything that's higher than that, like you hear like, you know, people want to mess with their EQs and get those highs sounding good, but like there's so much uh, there's so much low register frequencies that are important to like a good vocal track. And that's what I like discovered just from talking to a lot of engineers and then uh, finding out that this has, this mic here has like a really good low frequency response. And then it does a good job of like, uh, you know, if you got a washing machine in the other room. Oh, it does, won't pick it up. It does, but it's like, it's like really it really captures like this area right here and then everything else is pretty dead, but yeah, I still a microphone. I uh, find myself a lot because I have a lower voice, I think. So I'm trying always trying to filter that low out to make it sound less muddy. It seems like, but yeah, I had a, I had an engineer give me a tip one time as to uh, like kind of focus on the, like, like hone in on it rather than, try to get rid of it right and i've noticed i've noticed a difference in in mixes but then i've also seen what you're talking about too is like okay well maybe i gotta bring down those frequencies and in other instruments now because it's gonna get muddy, muddy in that you know? low end i got you i was uh i was on the way home from work yesterday and i was like we're doing this podcast so i th- threw on the Mathian pandora i was like to get to get prepped first song yeah so First song came on as my favorite one from the the olden days. Um, the yeah. uh, let us head. It's like one of my my all time faves. I think. Have you heard the original like the demo version that I did in my dorm of that? I don't know. I just I think it was the one that you released on the album. I don't think it was the other one. Yeah, 
Yeah, that song. I, I, the uh, The original version never came out on a record, so most people are familiar with like the rock band type. What, so production. Was of, it more funky or something? It was definitely more. Um, it was more acoustic. Hmm. It was like acoustic, and it had a. Uh, it had like a like almost like a rap beat, like like one of those type of. Beats. I gotcha. Yeah, I and I like the rock version, but I, you guys always rock that one out. It was a lot of times your last song, I think, when we used to play with you. Well, what what ended up happening was I recorded that the original version I recorded, you know, in my parents' house or whatever, and then when I uh, attempted to sort of uh, I don't want to I don't know what's the word foire 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 I don't know I don't I don't I'm not familiar. When I wanted to uh segue I wanted the segue that song into like a live setting it just became like a ACDC type yeah, like de- rock Yeah I definitely feel feel a, there's just a it's like kind of weird cuz it's a little bit slow for a normal rock song but it like has this sway to it that is is really uh like I remember just being in the audience and like swaying back and forth, like the beat of it. I don't know for being like a not super uh, high tempoed rock song. It still rocked really hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually like, like, like polyrhythmically too. It's like it sounds so simple, right? But like playing it and singing it is kind of hard. And then for some reason teaching it, like like showing someone else the riff and trying to get them to like like bass players always had a hard time with it for for one reason or another not shift but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but a lot of other bass players i've worked with just you know because sometimes i'd have to do a gig you just grab uh, somebody here, someone hire me for a gig and then i'd have to just like find a bass player real quick yeah and it, for for one reason or another that song is like tough well and every time you guys played it when we would play with you that was one of, maybe my favorite song i think and it was always a good i feel like closer because you guys would go hard i remember yeah peter cottontail in the back background just yelling let us head like uh <laughs> i don't know that just what it's just one memory that you guys all all kind of rock into the beat and him just yelling in the back and oh man it's re- that was a good tune but uh I, I listened to a few others they they uh What's the one that's like, uh, this town is gloomy, where you say gloomy a lot? Um, oh, uh, that's that. I wrote that about uh, Bloomington, Bloomington, and it was super gloomy this morning, so it made me rethink of hearing that song last night, because I remember at one of the shows you saying that it was about Bloomington, and then it was like super yeah. gross today. It's been like super like cloudy and gloomy. That's how it was out here, too. Yeah. But that, that one definitely... Uh, Ring uh, def- definitely popped in my mind a couple times, and then uh, and the lyric and the lyric not to be corrective, but the lyric is this town is blooming. Blooming, okay. I thought it was as in blooming. blooming, as in a blooming town, right? As in blooming. I got you. That, yeah, that yeah. makes way more sense. That's why I wrote it that way. Makes more sense, but it, for the this town is blooming into something I've never seen before. All right. And that, yeah, that's about that. That song was essentially about this party we went to uh, on Halloween, I think. Those are usually some it was, f- fun, fun times. Did you were you playing or were you just at a party? We we played, but the song was written about everything that happened after we played. It was we played a Fat Jacks. You guys probably played the show with us. Could be, could be. There was a lot of those Fat Jacks shows. Yeah, uh, and then we. Uh, 
yeah, we went out and got all crazy and partied in Bloomington. And we were from, you know, we were Southern Illinois guys, but, uh, you know, we were in school. Everyone was saying how our school was the big party school and we had the best Halloween party. And then we went and partied in Bloomington. And I was like, yeah, but you were being yeah. a rock star and partying. That's probably different than, you know, and being somewhere else. What's your computer doing back there? Is that what it's supposed to look like? What's it doing? I don't know. Is it changing colors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope it's still recording. That's just li- that's just lights. I, I got lights. I got LED lights. Well, your computer screen back there, isn't that... Did it go black? Yeah, I just w- hope, was hoping it was still... Yeah, that's just my uh, screen screen screen. Right. I was just hoping it was, was still recording. <laughs> There you go. We we're doing this a little. Yeah, it's oh, it's still recording. That, that yes. was the main thing. That was the main thing. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the, the, those shows were all a lot of fun. I I I feel very privileged to be a part of them. Um, and then uh, we we recorded at the Pressure Point Studio, and that's where you guys had the kind of the was it a record deal or what was the what was the full story on that? It was a. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a production deal and a publishing deal, and it was between me and pressure. It wasn't really pressure point. It was called Midwest Music Group. I gotcha. And uh, yeah, so I was the only one that was signed. The rest of the guys in the band they weren't they didn't have any ink or paper, which was like it sort of protected them in a way, but also made the situation really sort of stressful. I could see that see that them wondering yeah. about tomorrow a little bit if you if the wind changed or something maybe maybe you wouldn't want to play with them anymore or something i could see that causing a little bit of a little bit of drama maybe oh uh, no you know like that kind of thing like it was it was more so like um there wasn't really a budget to have a to have a band mm. and then they were putting pressure on me to like sort of manage the band and then that like wasn't my style you know i wasn't like uh they sort of wanted to you wanted to be the big player right like i yeah like like these guys were just like work for hire like hired guns or whatever and then i had to have this like like james brown uh either do it or you don't mentality (laughs) which definitely like uh you know, I feel bad because, like, I think I sort of, like, took on some characteristics that were a little more, like, domineering. And Well, and, I think and then, being in the, the front man of a band, you're going to have that one way or another. And there's going to be a weird spot. I mean, I I was – me and Blair kind of both – I even, even though Blair was, you know, uh, sang about half the songs, I think I still was more the leader, you know, as far as, like, setting up shows and – you know, yeah. Getting, I don't know. There, 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 and there are elements to that that you know bring out some not so great. Maybe not all the time. I mean, it's you, you got to have one person like that in your band, or else it's not. Yeah, I just wish I had the ability personally to like sort of own it and just be grounded in it and not and not be such a. I uh, just wish. Well. I, I, I mean, I, I can't say that 100% because, like, on one hand, I wish I was more sensitive and I just, like, uh, was really, like, listened to what everybody needed and wanted. And then on the other hand, I do want to, like, assert myself and get what I want, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a it's a balancing act to a point, I think. Yeah. You have to Yeah, it's a you have bitch. to try <laughs> you have to try to please everybody and yourself at the same time and everybody's uh yeah. not really aligned with that necessarily. They just kind of want it to be good for them, I feel like. And then you're it's still yeah. to this day. I mean, even the band I don't even know if you call what I do a band anymore necessarily because it's always a different lineup and I I think you're kind of the same way. Don't you usually play with a bunch yeah, of different guys? I, I think I feel really good about how I handle things now. I just wish, you know, when I was 23, 24 years old and I got out of college and, you know, some people wanted to sign a deal with me or whatever, I wish I would have understood what that meant for everybody else who's going to be involved in it. Uh, can you, you know? elaborate on that a little more? What do you mean? Oh, like, like uh, for instance, you know, Schiff and, and, ba- and Aaron, they left school. Because they they had faith in what I guess what I was doing, but they I think they had faith in the music, and that's like really that's pretty serious, like you know definitely and then like when I also when I was in uh you know when I started the when I started Mathian, it was a recording project it, you know I started Mathian out of my parents' living room, just like recording songs that I wanted to hear and I would put them on the internet and then when I got down to school basically someone was like hey you should play this live and then they sort of set it up for me this guy Nick actually you know he set up uh he's like hey I got the music building for uh Saturday at 10 a.m and I walked into this room and like there was a band ready to play the Mathian stuff wow and so I had to like learn how to become a leader like in that moment uh, was it those ga- same just, guys? Was it Schiff and... It was... Sh- no, it was, it was completely different people. I gotcha. Yeah. Schiff came... Schiff was like the first... Schiff is is like the most permanent member of the group. The, one of the staples? What did you say? One of the staples? Well, he just like joined the group in 2007 around then, and he stayed till like 2013. So he's with me for six years. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so he's, like, he saw a lot, I guess. But, like, um, you know, like, even when I, even upon the first inception of that, of the the backing band, uh, you know, I was a music student at, at uh, SIU, and, like, teachers were, I had a bad re- reputation because, like, you know, teachers were coming up to me at, at in the halls and stuff and they'd be like hey you know you pulled uh you know you pulled jake out of his choir performance so and i was like so yeah, for, I, I didn't for your band I they didn't. would not go to the choir performance so they could perform with you Is yeah that yeah what you're so saying? we we would you know we had a show in uh peoria or wherever it was that weekend and then i didn't know he had a fucking yeah choir how, how would you you, know? you wouldn't know everybody's schedule right he wasn't because definitely like these guys they weren't like oh man I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna miss my <laughs> choir performance well they obviously wanted so it wasn't like that if they were gonna miss but it like I mean they wanted to be with you it sounds like they were making that choice oh. yes of course but like immediately there's you have uh, the situation becomes a little more complicated because it's not just oh this is this is what these guys are doing it's like no. You know, it's not like I'm uh, Adam Levine and I'm like, hey, pack your stuff. 
you're going to get 50 grand to come and play these shows for me. No, it was like, you're going to get drunk for free <laughs> at this weird bar that's run by a white supremacist. Uh, I would say that that is a very accurate depiction of what playing music is like. Um, yeah, because you never know. You never know what you're gonna run into, and that's what like BB, like like a uh, big boys BBQing was the first place we were playing at, and it was, uh, you know, the the guy that booked us there. He was like a nice guy, I guess, but he seemed like sort of like uh, creepy. And then the guy, the guy he hired to like watch over like the manager, the bar manager, I guess you would call him. He was like a, he's like an ex-con. Uh, he had he was on the sex sex offenders list. Yikes! And uh, he was saying, uh, you know, he was saying like some racist stuff uh, to my band, like joking, like joking around and stuff, you know, yeah. like jokes, like fun racist jokes. <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, to my credit, I had the fucking balls at 18 years old to like go up to the next gig we played. I went up to him and I was like, hey. I got a keyboardist. I don't know how he's going to feel about your jokes. <laughs> so can you please like, nah. can you please chill out on that shit? And he looked me in the eye and he was like, Hey man, I'm from, I'm from prison. I got fucking, you know, a hundred white boys that'll pull up on this guy at any moment. And he's like, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, he said, I got a, I got a 38 in the kitchen. I'll fucking blast him. He's saying stuff like that. And then, like, you know, you're, like, 18 years old, and you're playing at a club. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I guess I better Should uh, we go just or? play this yeah. gig. Yeah, you know? I mean, I feel like a lot of that stuff probably happened, but I was just so blissfully unaware that I was so focused on the gig that I just, like, missed it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was so in my own head that, like, I don't even know. I just, just ended up just pushing forward always and not, I never, I never remember the person's name, you know, I, I, I can't, I, my, from those early years, the, the memory just like, I can remember sh like the performances, but I can't remember the people at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember a lot of, a lot of about, that's interesting you say that because I think a lot of gigs, I remember everything else except the performance <laughs> yeah yeah i, I kind of because this is go ahead uh just being in those scenarios is weird any sort of like like what i just talked about like there's no sort of situation i would have you know even thought of being a part of yeah i just wanted like i just wanted to sing some songs you know and the next thing you know you're talking to a fucking possible serial killer or some <laughs> shit and he's he's paying you you know uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Whoa. But I, I don't know. I feel like my mentality is always like, and it still is to this day. I have a little bit of a trouble getting out of like, you know, okay, the gig's tonight, but my whole day revolves around getting ready for the gig and then like, yeah. you know, getting mentally prepared, getting the sound specifications. And then, you know, even throughout the gig, I'm like trying to make it sound better. And I'm so just like that I forget that like it's supposed to, I don't know. It's more of a, a collection. You're supposed to create a moment. Yeah, yeah. Not be that's be like in a the big moment. part of it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the yeah, but I I feel you, and I and I see I've seen that when we've played gigs, like that. 
you're 100 percent con just concerned with uh you know what's the pedal board doing are the cables all right is everything good well, those, those shows were always a little nuts, though, because we were trying to throw, throw them together at Fat Jacks with, like, this weird janky sound system. and It was a mess. <laughs> there were there were several messes. But, yeah, I don't know, by the time you guys played, I feel like it was all good most of the time. Like, you, uh... <laughs> Is it, that's, a, that's, the, uh, that's the shitty part about uh, being the first band to play, you know? Well, I mean... But part of that is my own mental, like, because I'm so, like, transfixed on the moment of performing and the, you know, everything going well and being prepared. And then, like, that part's over because we already had our set. So now I can just have a good time, you know? And uh, not not yeah. that I didn't have a good... There were definitely times where I had awesome times performing in, in those shows as well. But, like, the, there's a there's a relief that comes after a set, I feel like, where you're like... I, I, I did it. I feel like you can't, like, I never was able to 100% enjoy myself if I was playing a show because it would be like, even afterwards, like all the, all the cool glamorous stuff that people thought would go into like playing music or like when there's cute girls and, and people with, you know, like drinks and whatever, like, like the party, the whole party mentality. I still think like you were better shit. at that than I was. I mean, I had none of it. I, I still. I made. I made space for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing, the thing was, is like I always felt like I had a guitar on my back that I had to bring to a rehearsal space after the show, which was the case a lot of the times, you know. Yeah, but that's a good way to get out of weird situations where you have a racist guy trying to pay you, I, like talking to a serial <laughs> killer trying to. Say he might kill one of your band Mike. members. Mike, his name was Mike. Oh. <laughs> he was a scary guy. He had the uh, he had the teardrop. Oh man, you know that's like cinematic. That you kill people. Cinematic, there. Yeah, and he was doing this to me. We, I played a gig one time, and I looked out into the audience, and he had talked to whoever was our, our manager at the time, and he talked to our manager, and our manager said, "Yeah, he's not available next week or something because he wanted us to come and play." And he got really, really upset. And, like, I was performing. I didn't know this conversation had even happened. I was performing up there. And I looked out, and he was doing the knife cut, like, <laughs> like you're fucking dead, kid. I'm going to fucking kill you. And I remember after that gig, I packed up my shit and just, got like, there I told someone else, like, yo, get the money. I'm I'm going home. Hopefully it wasn't your keyboard player. Tonight. Is your man? It was your manager. Uh, well, I. The thing is, like my keyboard player that night, I forgot this guy's name, but he we he was brought on by uh, through this kid Jermaine Bollinger, who was our drummer at the time. And I told him, I was like, "Hey, man, I was like, this guy might say some weird shit to you. He said some weird shit to Jason. Uh, it didn't. Ups it wasn't upsetting because he, like, sort of like. Uh, he sort of presented it as like a joke, which is always. You know, like if you're being racist, you're being racist. But like, this guy was like doing it as like jokes, and then trying to like pass him off as jokes. So it did. It did actually make it a little more like for for this instance. Like the dude was like, yeah, he was just trying to joke around, I guess. So fuck him, kind of thing. But you know, I told this this keyboardist, I was like, hey, uh, I here's here's what's happening. This guy might say some weird shit to you. I'm really sorry. I I told him blah 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 and he said you know 
I got guns in the kitchen and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, this kid, he was like, oh, he's like, I got guns too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, not guns, even not phase. a problem. Not even phase. That's good. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But he squipped, but, sk- skipped his uh, recital to come play at this. Uh... <laughs> this guy was not a student I know, at all. I, I, he, was, he just lived in, in Murfreesboro. It's just, just I get a what you're funny saying. idea. Like, he skipped his, his recital to come play at this bar where this guy was just going to be racist and threaten him with guns. Sociopaths. <laughs> just the idea yeah, of that. Yeah, that's the music business, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think the climate is different now. For sure. Uh, you still, I, st- I, I still have had happen, weird but... moments, but with weird fans. And, you know, it tends a lot of times to be older fellas, older, older people say some... Yeah, when you're when you're touring around Illinois, you always run into some old fucking weird racist people, and you're like, "What the hell?" Like, why would you say that? Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's easy not to say something that would offend. Well, not not a hundred percent. I won't a hundred percent say that because some people get offended very easily. But on this front, I think that it's pretty easy not to say racist things. Um, yeah, or jokes that are, you know, very racist but uh kind of trying to hit be hidden a little bit with the you know the the fact that they're oh i'm just i'm just making funny observations and jokes you know i but uh or like it was more like i'm gonna say these things and see if this person will laugh at it and see if i can sort of push the envelope (laughs) to see what i can see how far they can get into it Yeah. yeah and i wish you know i really wish i would have had the the balls to be like no altogether <laughs> on this shit. Let's go and play somewhere else. That's really what I should have done. Yeah, but uh, but you're 18 years old, and someone just gave you 13 bucks to get drunk and play some songs. <laughs> it was probably hey. more than 13 bucks. Maybe not it much was more. Not. But <laughs> dude, I swear to God, it was not. Was it, was it more than 13? Huh? That's no, no, like to, like. Like like total end of the night, like they would give you whatever people paid to oh, get in. Oh, you know? it was a play for the door kind yeah. of show. Okay. Yeah, it was a door deal. And I was like, oh, sure, door deal. That sounds great. <laughs> Just make a bunch of money at your bar. And, uh, you know, they probably... I, I've, I've had a lot of shows where I've been skeptical that they gave me even, you know, two-thirds of what was actually made on the on the door. On those door deals. Did you ever count people that walked in? Nah, I, I was too worried about the performance. But there, there's definitely yeah. been times where they give me the money at the end of the night. And I'm like, that's a little questionable. Like, it seemed like it was pretty busy here. <laughs> but Yeah, I've, I've actually counted. Uh, when we started playing Chicago, we started counting the people that showed up for us. Because that's how they would do yeah, it. Yeah, Chicago door. has so always like, been tough. I... I I don't have any sort of following up there anyway, and they the way they do the the door a lot of times is just nuts. Like they make it. I remember playing some shows and they would make you say the band you were there to see at the door, yeah. and then you would get a portion, not the full amount, but a portion of their cover that they paid, which just seemed ridiculous, wild. Yeah, this well, and then they lie about it too, you know. Like, I remember I played at this place called Lily's, and then afterwards, the guy showed me this little clipboard, and he's like, all right, these many people came to see you, and I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, I counted. I know I know all the people that came to see me, dude. <laughs> I'm not Jason Mraz, okay? Like, 
That's my mom's friend Nancy right there. Okay. <laughs> well, I counted everybody who came. What in, happened? And it was like, it was like thirty people, and then he had seventeen or something. And he's like, oh, I don't know what you want me to do. And I was like, I want you to take your pen and write, <laughs> you know, f- fourteen more, whatever the math was. <laughs> I probably didn't give him the right numbers. I don't know. But but I was like, I want you to write some more Italian marks on your clipboard for me. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I just got upset and I sent my mom after him and my mom went and yelled at him <laughs> and, he, and he coughed up the oh, money nice. for real. All you got to do is sick mom <laughs> on him and a lot of times she'll come through. That's funny. I was all, well, I didn't even tell her to do anything either. I just walked back and like sat in a booth all slumped over like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to pay my guy. No. <laughs> And my mom's like, oh, no. <laughs> Not my happening. mom's from Rogers Park, man. <laughs> that's She's awesome. Like, I know this. My mom's like, I know this Chicago shit. That doesn't matter to me. So where are you originally from? She went, Not Chicago at all. But I'm from uh, different suburbs in the West. I got you. Uh, Wheaton, Hanover Park, Lake in the Hills. I grew up mostly in Wheaton. And where, where is that relative to Chicago? Oh, uh, it's like 25 miles west of Chicago. It's If you're familiar with Chicago, if you uh, go to the west side of Chicago, just keep going. You'll get to Wheaton. I got you. Well, I was... Uh, uh, it's, so have you, have you... Were you always playing music? When did you start playing? Um, I started, like, playing instruments when I was like five. Oh, that's young yeah yeah i started playing um like piano piano lessons when i was five and i didn't really stick with it in terms of like actual music education like i was just i i really liked listening to the radio and trying to copy the drum beats i would go to the drum patches and just play drums and do that and then learn melodies too and everything but then when i first got a guitar i I could just play the guitar, man. Like really. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I, I mean, from a spectator, you always look pretty natural, and you, 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 you definitely can, can tear one up when, when the when the moment is called for. Uh, just the idea of like, if you play a C chord, and then you move that shape up, like five frets, and that's an F. Like, and it's the same shape. Right. That's what made sense to me. Because if you did that on a piano, you'd have to. Oh, this is now. This is a black key now, and this. Yeah, is, yeah. The half steps. You know, this is a flat, and this is a, like the piano still is like really hard for me. I've to, seen you play the piano. You can you can tear up a piano as well. I remember some of those nights after uh, the Fat Jack show. You coming over? I had this old shitty upright that you used to. Used to noodle on. Oh, I actually forgot about that. <laughs> that was right in your living room. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, you played on it. PD played on it. it. Was uh, it was a good time. Oh, I think Omar was around maybe at that time, and he would go down. He sta- he would stay with us sometimes, and then he would go. T- we all stayed. Over I know, there. but he stayed like a few extra days sometimes, and uh, <laughs> he would go down to the basement and practice. And I remember thinking like man that guy is has a killer instinct like he is like practicing every morning to a metronome and like he was he was really really trying to be a good drummer and he was succeeding he was so fucking yeah, good at the drums. yeah well that's why though he had that killer mentality where he was like gonna he was gonna do yeah. it what's he up to now you talk yeah. to him ever 
Oh, he's doing like, uh, I don't know. He's like in finance somehow. Hmm. Not what I would have guessed, but I know that. He's doing. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I, yeah. I really don't know. I don't know. And then. Uh, I, I just see Facebook. You know? <laughs> yeah. I saw uh, Petey, Petey Cottontails. He was doing some cool stuff, right? He did. Yeah, I see. I see Peter. Uh, I wouldn't say regularly, but I, I've made music with him. Mm, last last couple years just done some sessions with him i played on his record that's awesome his record that he put out uh you know the gospel album i played a guitar on a lot of those songs i'll have to check that out i haven't haven't uh yeah haven't heard that one you just that's cool yeah i mean he was he was great he was a really good piano player I, but i don't he's a great great personality to have in the group too he was definitely very was, mellow in a good way yeah, yeah, like, and also like, sort of just like joyful too. Yeah, he's always happy, and that that's a nice thing to have around. I, I have that with my current uh, hand percussionist that I play with. He's a pretty joyful fella, and he just yeah, it's good to it's good to inject that into like rehearsals, shows, everything. Yeah, Keb, Keb my I wish I I wish I was that <laughs> person. Oh, it's so funny you say that because I've I've had that thought so many times. I am I am yeah. for some reason not. But if I was, would I be able to write songs? I don't know. Would you just write songs about you, being happy all the time? I mean, yeah, you could. Cause like a lot of great songs are about being happy. I think. So what what but what, what are your influences? What what what. Uh, what was the music you were growing up trying to play? Oh, man. I mean, I went through so many different phases. The first thing I really fell in love with was Green Day. I think that was me, uh, too. That was one of my first ones, but I was a pass-me-down from my yeah. I had two older brothers. And I think I think as a, as a person who wants to write, like, good pop hooks and pop songs or whatever, like, uh, Green Day is a great band to, like, put under the microscope because yeah just the the melodies and, and the um like billy joe's sort of sensibilities around uh chord progressions and and melodies is he's really good at it yeah like he could write for he could write for britney spears or Someone like that, you know. I mean, I even to this day, I I enjoy a if a Green Day song comes on, I I I enjoy it. Even if it's something I've never heard before, I feel like it's still there's something kind of good about it. Not like I my, like old I like the old Green Day. Me too. That's my preferred. Kerplunk. Do you ever listen to Kerplunk? I haven't in a long time, but I mean that's the stuff Oof. that I grew up with was was that the old stuff, and that's the stuff that I really liked. But e- I'm saying even when a new Green Day song comes on. I'm like, there's still. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly like that. That that, that it <laughs> defines it perfectly. No, I mean, he. I I think that he definitely has some sort of. Um, I don't know. There's something special about what he does. I mean, all those new songs aren't like my favorite or anything, but I still hear that he, there's something good about it. You know what I mean? I walk a lonely road. <laughs> Dead, dead on there. I got mad, you know. That's the Wonderwall and the. Yeah, he stole that from Wonderwall. <laughs> he did. Yeah, but, but you know, when I was, 
when I was coming up, you know, Green Day, when they started wearing the makeup. that That's when it's all downhill for me. That's man. when I fell off because I was like, oh, they're trying to be like good Charlotte or whatever. Yeah, which I would not equate those two pretty much ever, but I mean, I they were trying to keep up maybe with the new punk pop stuff and there you go. You know, uh I watched the VMAs one year. It was the year that Good Charlotte came out and Good Charlotte came in uh performed and after they got done with their performance, Chris Rock was the uh host and he came out in the front and he was like, "Good Charlotte." More like mediocre Green Day. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I was like, he nailed it. Do you think that? He you think it. he had that that one in the chamber for a while and was just waiting to? <laughs> I don't know. He's like Chris Rock, such a f- good comedian. A I feel like he naturally funny guy. Maybe improvised it because he probably didn't know who, what the order of the performances was going to be. You know. But if you did see the name Good Charlotte and you looked into it like a little bit, you'd be like, "Oh, they're just." He had to have he had to have had some sort of understanding of the genre, right? Exactly, yeah. To make that statement for sure. But yeah, so it was Green Day, and then what? What what was your your next? Uh, okay, yeah, I could go through the whole. Well, if you really want to get technical, is Michael Jackson was first. Nice, that's a good starter. Michael Jackson was like, you know, when I was five, I got into Michael Jackson, and then. I got into Green Day around like third, fourth grade. Uh, I outgrew Green Day in sixth grade and got really into Corn. <laughs> that, um, that's a that's a that's quite the jump. Yeah, yeah, boy. And then um, by eighth grade, I was a full like uh, uh, Funketeer is what they would call it, a P Funk George Clinton fan. And that happened because my brother was really into rap, and he was into Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, Ice Cube. And then so I would go and look in his CDs, and I would read the liner notes. And in the liner notes, all of the songs were being, you know, they were sampling George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic songs. So I just started studying what songs they were sampling and then going and finding the albums that the songs were on. And I was buying old repressings of the Funkadelic CDs. And then before you know it, I owned all of the P-Funk, like the whole discography. I knew it all by the time I went to college. I feel like that's where and eighth grade was about when I really like actually had a taste in music. Like that's when my actual yeah. taste like Yeah, that's what happened to me too. Did. And they they say, you know, when uh when when you're creating music uh for clients, like like say you're doing a commercial for some company or something you figure out who owns the company and you figure out what music was out uh when they were 16 and that that'll grab them which is not it's not eighth grade but by the time you're 16 you would think that you're they're they're well into the world that they had chosen probably yeah yeah i could see that yeah so you find out who was the big music at that time and then you just make something that sounds like that and they usually go for it so do you do a lot of that most of the most of uh, what I just go for if it's an old. I'm saying, do you if, sell? If it, do you sell music to? And I, I think I've seen something where you were in like a Nike commercial or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah, I, I've definitely worked with brands, um, and uh, also just companies. You know, like, like sort of uh, doing, like, like employee uh, training, not training, but like, like video marketing for corporate. Uh, companies that do like 
I don't know, startups, everything from startups to like big, like corporations out here in, in Chicago. I've done something for Pritzker a few years ago. Nice. Pe- pe- people, <laughs> uh, will be very divided on that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't really understand. Like I, I really was just making music for it and wasn't thinking of anything social or political well, behind this, it. I don't think anybody paid a lot. You anybody would have really known who that was back then. I, I didn't know who he was for sure. He was he was already a prevalent like people like Chicagoans who are like privy to the sort of political happenings out here in the city. They definitely knew that name. Uh, the the big weird looking pavilion that's uh, in Grant Park. You know that silvery looking thing. Mm-hmm. That's the Pritzker uh, Pavilion. He like put that together. But like, uh, you know, with clients like that, I would just make something that. I'm like, oh, here's an old, fat, rich, white dude. I'm going to make something that sounds like U2. <laughs> and you just... I'm going to make something that sounds exactly like U2. And that's what sold and it, And huh? Yeah, it's what works for stuff like that because anything, you know, before I would get something like, uh, like I had a client one time that was with a gas company. I won't say who it is, but uh, they wanted to, like, market... They wanted to get more of a diverse... Uh, uh, you know, they want to diversify their employees or whatever. Um, and yeah, so like I made something that was like more like modern sounding and the dude was literally like, uh, hey, it sounds too cool. <laughs> like, can you make it sound not cool? Make it sound kind of, he said, he was like, make it sound kind of lame. Cause, that's a weird, weird that's, note. But that's what those he was right, unfortunately, because that's what those videos need. They don't need some cool sound and beat in the background that's gonna just like draw away from their their message, which is basically like uh you know come to our come to our company because we let you work even if you have sleeve tattoos, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you, so how long have you been doing that? I mean, is that something you're still doing uh sometimes. That's just like part of like uh, just for me, that's part of existing as an artist and you're just sort of grabbing onto whatever is flying. There's so much shit flying by us. And then like you just are just trying to grab on. It's like whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I think uh, oh, I think. Oh, this is over here. I'm going to go over here. Oh, OK. Now this is happening. Let's see what this is. And it's a lot of like exploring and discovering and then like getting fucked over and then <laughs> and then going over here and then trying something else. Yeah, I I think that part of that probably comes with, I always feel like, because you do a lot of like self-producing stuff, right? Where you like record it from start to finish and you're like kind of the engineer. I always think that, um, I, I have a tough time doing that myself. I, I don't know, I don't know why, but, um, cause I, I have the capability to actually record stuff, but I need somebody there to tell me what to do or tell, you know, like you were saying about that microphone cut, bringing those lows out to like, uh, yeah. I need somebody to, to, cause I don't, I don't know if I just don't have the ear for it or I just need somebody to confirm what I'm saying is right, if that makes sense. But the fact that you are, yeah. you are able to, you know, do a song from start to finish, 
um, and have like the confidence that you don't need anybody else. And it still, I mean, to me, sounds just as good as if you did it at like Pressure Point Studio, maybe better sometimes. Um, I feel like that would be a good way to kind of fall into that type of stuff because you can do it so independently. Whereas most, yeah, most... just having having the production skill set has been unbelievably helpful. And is that? And I think about I think about people who are really suffering from this like COVID thing, especially musicians, where it's like, oh, like I'm a musician, but like I play, you know, something specialized, like saxophone. Like I play the saxophone. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm the sax guy, so people call me for the wedding gigs and all that. And now, like the saxophone guy, he might need to learn how to work Ableton or whatever, you know. He might need to learn how to uh, do something else just so he can survive. Because, like, the reality of it is, is, like, you know, like, you're not going to be you're not going to be getting those calls if you can only just do one kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, so, so the more, the more things you can kind of like lean into and, and, uh, get good at then like, for instance, like I started doing some of these gigs and, uh, with, with one client, it was a very big client too. They were like, uh, Hey, uh, we got to get this, we got to get this, uh, sound designed. Can you do sound design? What does that even mean? I just lied. <laughs> I just lied and said, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely do that. And and then I just, like, figured out, you know, I put in some fucking explosion sounds if there was a, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tried to do my best. And then eventually, like, you know, going back and forth a couple times with notes and stuff, I made it better. And then, you know, and I've done a bunch of sound design gigs because I lied that one time <laughs> and said I knew how to do it. Well, I, I think that takes a certain amount of confidence that maybe I just don't have, but I don't know. I, I feel well. You should. Hey, man, what's what's gonna happen though? What's the worst that can happen? Because I think I I understand where you're at, or what like that. I understand what that is because like I have that too, and I think it comes from fear of. I think it comes from this sort of like thing that's been just like pounded into our mentalities of like, like you're gonna get in trouble somehow, right? You're gonna get in trouble if you if you lie. I don't know if that's and that's it, exactly it. I, I think it's <laughs> I think that that I mean that is a little bit part of it. And if it was like the stakes were serious or something, which I don't think they yeah. are a lot of times with this type of stuff. I mean the thing will happen is somebody will be like, Nah, you'll never play in this town again, <laughs> kid. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really a lot of that going on. There's just like, uh, I I don't like this. I'll hire somebody else. Um, that's like worst yeah. case scenario, but. But even that sucks, like, just from, like, uh, like, that sucks. Like, losing a gig to someone else or, like... But, I mean, yeah. if you're, if you lied about getting there in the first place, you're not going to be that surprised when you lose the gig, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's... <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I, I don't, I don't know, I guess, I guess it sounds like you've come through and a lot of the stuff you've just BSed a little bit to start with. I, I don't know, I... I, I'm the fear I think would come for when I don't when I'm when you like couldn't execute yeah, it and then they're like well, this fucking guy <laughs> over here is saying he's a sound designer doesn't know anything <laughs> about what and then he tells you know and then you start to get like a bad 
bad uh, reputation for being a li- uh, liar and shitty at the same time. I, I would. Hey man, if if that's the case, you might end up being a fucking huge star in the music industry at that point. <laughs> I don't know. Because I... it seems like it seems like being a sociopath gets rewarded somehow. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that's a lot of the people on the other side of it, isn't it? The per, the the more on the production and the like the back end. Yeah, it's not the, the there's, mu- there's a lot. You of... think a lot of musicians are sociopaths? Nah, nah. Though we're like the least. You're right. We're like the least. But I always look at people, like you know, who get caught up in like scandals and stuff like that. And then that, and then in that token, I don't know what to think of those either. Sometimes I'm like. Like the whole, remember Aziz Ansari? Yeah, he's not a musician. Yeah, but Aziz Ansari went on a bad date. Yeah, that that was a tough one. To, that sucked. Yeah, yeah. And his special after was pretty uh, interesting. How he kind of addressed it, I guess. It seemed like he was like, "Hey, I did this." Uh, he was pretty laid back. He almost seemed like he was crying, and some, some like in the very beginning, he had to do like this whole disclaimer about it, which was. You know, I don't know. I, it's hard to have any sort of opinion about that kind of thing because it. You know, if you're wrong, you're just an asshole, pretty much. Um, you know, yeah, if you side with like, oh, it was just a bad date, and you just like say that over and over and over again, you know, you could be, could be right. But if you're wrong, it's much more detrimental. If it was more than that, and you're just going by hearsay, ultimately anyway. It, yeah, it's not. It's not a. It's not about right or wrong. It's about how it looks. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. What does it look like? Yeah, it's definitely a weird time. But for not just that reason, obviously. I think we're gonna maybe be shut down again. Is what it sounded like. Uh, have, yeah. have you gotten that vibe at all? Uh, I would imagine yeah. it'd be worse up there, right? I mean, I haven't really... Prior to today and doing what I did and being an insane person and going to brunch uh, in a pot it's really, in a It's really Star wild. Trek really pot. wild to take that chance. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're living dangerously. <laughs> yeah, it does feel that way, though. Like, I got, I got nervous before I went. It's so funny so that my... you're a guy who is like you know, toured all over Illinois and, like, went to all these weird shady places and played music and made money and weird deals. And But now it's just like, uh, brunch is risky. Like, you better watch it. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 mimosas? I don't know. Do we have to leave the house? Yeah. So. Yeah. It just, yeah, and that's what I've I've been noticing. Uh, you know, not to get too personal, but I've been noticing that I get anxious when I leave the house now. Yeah, well, I don't like don't, dr- I don't like driving anymore. You don't have to driving not be personal. Me. You can be personal. I don't think that that matters. But well, you know, I don't want to give out my. Uh, I don't want to talk about why I went to the doctor this week or anything. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, we don't. I don't. You can be as personal okay, as. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's get right into it. Let's only talk about why you went to the doctor for the next few minutes here. Um, I mean, I could. It's not that interesting. Right. I'm I'm okay, too. I'm fine, is what the doctor told me. So, <laughs> do, do, what, what, uh, what have you been doing to fill all the time since you can't even like leave your house? Just make music? Is that pretty much it? 
Yeah, I don't really get bored. But you like that though, I, right? Like you're. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy uh, lockdown. I fucking. And actually, I wrote this lyric uh, before COVID even happened because I was downtown one day, and I was I was just sort of uh, I would I would like uh, take the train downtown with with my girlfriend and then. I would hug her goodbye and she would go into her office and then I would do some sort of like administrative work for Mathian, maybe send out some uh, records to uh, blogs or whatever it is, trying to get some, trying to get some traction in the industry. <laughs> but what it would happen was I would, sometimes I'd go to someone's house and record, but the point is I was downtown all the time and I was watching everyone honking at each other in their cars uh, people like walking aggressively and like passing old ladies very aggressively and and just like they're in a hurry. They a lot get of, to that place. A lot of self-importance going around. And I remember having this thought, and the thought was, everybody needs to just fucking stay in their house. And I really, <laughs> I really thought that I really thought about this, and I was like, man, whatever, this, wherever this guy is going, he could just do whatever he's doing at his house. So what's the lyric you came up with? Uh, it wasn't really a lyric that I ever put in a song. It was just something I... Re- I thought you said you thought of one. Yeah, I guess it, it was just... Uh, I thought about using it in a song, and I never did. And the lyric was... But what... The lyric was, yeah. everyone everyone just needs to stay inside. <laughs> and it was for real. Well, like, I thought this, and I was like, yeah. Because it was upsetting to me, all this, like... Uh, all the hustle and bustle, like... Which is sort of why I came to Chicago in the first place. This is because it had this presence and this energy to it. And you kind of had to like be aggressive about your dreams. Otherwise, you'd like get evicted. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up growing to like hate it because I was like, this is stupid. What the fuck is everyone doing? But why don't you just move out of the city then? Wouldn't that be easier than calling for everybody to stay home <laughs> this is just what i thought at that moment in my <laughs> I, life. I know i know <laughs> but you you do still live in the city yeah i mean they're, yeah they're, they're, which they're, is another paradox they? in itself yeah well especially right now i feel like it'd be extra hard because i i mean i think that the it's pretty locked down in bloomington but definitely the the guidelines are a little bit looser. I just heard a statistic that McLean County, the county I live in, is um, the third most, um, the highest count county, the third most high. Uh, I can't talk. The third highest count county in the whole country. Oof. Well, you know, I don't know how that's possible. ISU man. I guess. Same thing with that. Remember when they were uh, on the top of the billboards for the STDs? Yeah, that was always yeah, a big I, thing out there. Maybe that's related somehow. <laughs> well, it makes it but would make the, sense I, because they both involve like personal responsibility and social responsibility, contact and contact with other people, and keeping your damn weenie in your pants. <laughs> Jeez, just fucking. <laughs> is is COVID technically an STD? Is the real question. I don't know. That's could it could it be considered? Is that one way to pass it along? I don't know. I don't. You know, I'm those days are over for me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm about to get married. It's just, it's just a question. I, I'm not saying that. Hey man, what are you trying to say? <laughs> uh, I did talk to my one friend who's single, and he was like, "Yeah, man, my my." I wonder what that's like. I guess they wear masks on their dates. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I bet there's a lot of. 
a lot of uh, uh, video, video dates. Oh, yeah. And, video. and then, like, know. also, like, if a girl takes her mask off, is it, like, is it hot like it is when they, she would take her shirt off? <laughs> in a different way yeah it's like yeah damn. i don't know i look at her mouth i worked i worked with this guy for months and months and months and then like three weeks ago i saw him pull his mask down and i was like oh that's not like i, I barely recognized him it was so weird to see him without the, without the mask on so i guess there would be a little bit of that right like i got like i'll see somebody that I've only seen them in a mask and without one, and I wouldn't even recognize them. I got a friend who's a uh, who's a comedian, and he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, what's it gonna be like in ten years? Our kids gonna be like, yo, you see your nose? <laughs> Fucking, she showed me her nose, bro. It was hot. It's serious. It's serious if they show the nose. That that's how you know. You, that's taking the relationship to the next step for sure. If the nose is involved. Didn't ankles used to be off limits? Like, didn't ankles... I, I think in the 1800s, like, if a chick showed her ankles, like, guys would get all like, whoa. Woo. We got a live <laughs> one here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know. I like ankles. I um, mean, I like ankles now, so... You know, <laughs> you're big ankles. not guy, weird huh? to me. <laughs> I got you. So, uh, what what are your... I, I, I had mentioned maybe uh, telling... Telling a story about a crazy, crazy show story. You got any of those in the, in the can? I'm glad we. Something I'm glad that... I briefed you on this because I did think about a lot of the different shows we played. My favorite, one of my favorite show stories. There's seriously like probably ten. I said there's probably a top ten, somewhere in my head. I'd have to really think. You really got to access stuff that you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Well, that's that's the crazy thing. Like, I started doing this podcast and realized that, like, I don't organize my memories of shows, like, at all. Like, they all kind of melt together. I can kind of remember, like, specific instances maybe throughout the night, but if you don't talk about them after, yeah. they do kind of dis- dissipate, Yeah, I think. it's really a, more about recall. But I, I had just moved to Chicago... I had a manager who set me up with this gig playing a Battle of the Bands <laughs> contest at a place oh, called Uncle yikes. Fatty's. <laughs> Uncle Fatty's was uh, like nightmarish Wrigleyville, like uh, Blue Lives Matter crowd, if you will. Uh, River. I get you, I get you. River North bro culture, Cubs fans, <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with baseball. Of course, but like it was definitely like frat boy central, you know, at this bar. And um, I we get there and we start like getting our equipment in there. And then the bar manager comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, I hear you guys don't play covers. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we don't really do that. We are an original band. And he goes, yeah, well, do you realize that you entered into a cover band uh, battle of the bands? And I was like, no. And it was actually a, a faux pas uh, on our manager's part. Our manager at the time just wanted to, like, give us something to do, I think. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't usually uh, – it doesn't – it's not hard to get into a lot of Battle of the Bands because not, not a lot of people – bands past a certain level don't want to do Battle of the Bands. Yeah. I mean – 
It's sh- like a, a pretty specific demographic. I'm sure you were long past the point of wanting to do a battle of the bands, but I mean, I if I had to guess, I kind of had a competitive attitude where I was like, man, let's go win this thing, and then we get there and it was like a Guns N' Roses '80s metal cover band. It was like a yeah, it was like it was like hit like like wedding band type things, you know? Right. And then we were the only original band there. And then the guy, you know, they were all nervous. And then the guy came up to me and he was like, all right. He's like, you guys, we're going to let you play, but you can only play two songs. And then we're going to decide whether or not you can stay on stage. He said that to me. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was the karate kid or something. I don't know. Like pinball wizard. Well, and and anybody that's, in their right mind would be like, all right, well, I'll just not play this at all. Like, I'll see you later. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, I was what? like, you're on, motherfucker. <laughs> and we went and... Uh, oh, I knew that that's how the story was going to go. I just... Most normal people at that point, when they're they're like, you're going to play two songs and we're totally going to judge you for it and maybe <laughs> kick you off the stage and you're going to be really embarrassed. Well, so um, this whole thing... Most normal people will be like, bye. So this whole thing was, uh, it was based on crowd participation, too. So you had to get the crowd engaged, and then at the end of the night, you know, whoever got the loudest cheer wins. And those were the only rules. That's, a, really... that's a terrible way to judge any sort of contest. Because <laughs> that's that's a little... A little uh, you know, I if if they're close, who do you who you get? I mean, it's very likely that Whatever, a lot of people will clap. If if your establishment can only fit 150 people in it, and then one band brings 70 people, like they're gonna win. Auto- it's a popularity contest, and that's that's what a lot of battle of the bands are. I think popularity contest. However, I remember it being pretty evenly distributed that night, and uh, we ended up winning. We oh, we nice. won the band. We won, and the guy was so mad. The guy, he had to give me a thousand dollars in cash at the end of the night. He had a big thing that was the winner gets this big thing of cash. It was a thousand dollars. Um, so each guy in my band got two fifty, which was like, it's like a fucking ice cream sundae back then, man. Two hundred and fifty bucks. Well, how many songs did you play? Oh, we we played. We played like a set. We played like seven or eight songs. And we did have a, you know, it was good energy throughout. But like the guy, he, when he gave me that, he gave me that cash. He was so mad. And then he was also, um, this is great. He was uh, trying to, he sort of like started courting my girlfriend while we were there too. And he was like, I think he brought her like an appetizer or something. He thought she, uh, you know, he thought she was real nice looking and like was talking to her a lot. And then he had to, he had to watch me pack up my shit while she was standing there with my coat or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> he was all salty. He's all <laughs> mad at me. And he was like this big muscle guy. And then I was a little skinny guy making cool music. And we <laughs> basically were accidentally entered into a cover band, Battle of the Band contest. And... We won. As an original band. As an original band. Didn't play one that's cover awesome. the whole night. <laughs> well, that that's impressive. You must uh you must have turned that crowd. It's hard <laughs> hard to go it's hard that's to go. That's my best to a rock place. and roll story, Tyler. 
That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've never I've never had anything similar happen. I think it's very original and you come out like karate kid in that <laughs> one. Like you're you you, you 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 did the the crane kick, right? Where the I crane kicked won him, the thing. for sure. But yeah. do you have any? I mean I have I have stories, but not none that good, I don't think. I mean I think one of the craziest shows I've ever done was the House of Blues with you guys. That was uh pretty intense just everything about it i mean there's not i like the storytelling element of it i'm not really sure is that good but just like i remember it being like an adventure that was uh a crazy and you guys played there a good amount right like you guys i played i played there enough so that i wasn't nervous after like the last show i played there i finally was not nervous when i walked out (laughs) on the stage but every single the first the first house of blues show I was really a wreck because I thought, I thought they, I thought I was on like MTV or some shit. Like I was like, this is it. And it, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a legit place, though. I mean, that's yeah, like, and sweet. I mean, it's probably even now is like my favorite place I've played because of just the way the room sounds. It's awesome. Yeah, I think I had wide-eyed syndrome most of the time. I don't even remember the first like three songs i'm glad somebody filmed a couple of them so yeah I kinda... yeah i feel you that's <laughs> it's like a deer in headlights yeah the same thing happened to me and i like those are the real like those for me those are like the real regrettable times when i wasn't able to like be fully in the moment and enjoying it because i was just like actually tripping out the whole time just at the experience, yeah. yeah. And then I that always drives me to be more self-conscious, and then I'm not in the moment. It's a, like yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's a very it's vicious like, cycle. I feel like I have like this, like I, I was, I did a podcast but myself recently, and I was kind of trying to describe it, and I described it as I have like maybe three or four different layers of things going on in my head, but the last two are the the observer and the critic. So normally those people aren't there when I'm performing and, you know, I'm more in the moment thinking about, you know, the chords and, you know, being there and the lyrics and the, you know, whatever I'm doing. Um, but then like when you get, cause we, we recently did this thing where we had cameras on us and anytime there's a camera on us, it's that same kind of feeling. It's like, but even more exaggerated may, may, maybe, but it's like, I have one person just saying like, oh, you're. You you know you could be maybe relaxing a little more. It's going pretty good, you know. And then I had this other person like, ah, oh, you were a little sharp there. You need to maybe calm down. You know, like I I feel like I have two different. Well, then then the person that's performing. There's just, and the like when you have those critic and observer. You know, that's part of your C overall CPU. So a lot of times I feel like I don't perform as good. Like in yeah. that House of Blues show. Because I'm have those other two people in there. Well, yeah, that and I would go through the same exact thing, and then I would see videos of what you know, if someone posted it on their Facebook or something. Then I'd see a video of myself, and I would literally be watching this video, and I would be like, "Oh, I can see, I can see myself like getting fucked <laughs> right. up over this shit," and. <laughs> You know, I, I, I know for a fact other people who are close to me, maybe maybe not like a fan or something like that, maybe a fan would see it and they'd be like, hey, something was off, right? Yeah. Something was off and I can't figure out what it was, but maybe your cousin was in the sh- was in the audience and your cousin who's grown up with you since you were five or whatever, they could be like, oh, they knew Chris it. is 
fucking worried over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's you're you're almost giving it too much credit. I think I think most of the people that listen to you, even if they are fans and they've heard you perform a bunch of times, they they're not like as as somebody who makes things and performs and stuff. You're critiquing yourself constantly. I don't think most people that are at a show, you know, they might have one general critique like, oh, I don't really like this band or oh, this yeah. bass player isn't for me. But they aren't like criticizing every second. And when you watch that stuff and when you are in the moment of doing it, it's like second by second. You're like criticizing and you're like, oh, that could have been yeah. better. That was awesome. That was weird. That was, you know. And then when you watch it, you're like reliving that thought process a little bit. And you're like, oh, I remember that time. I was wondering if I was going to say the right words on that next part. But then I definitely, I did. But, I, you know, I was curious whether I was going to make it. And forcing yourself to relive that by watching the video um, is always hard. But I, th- I think that, you know, most people that watch the video are just like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't think but my thing it. is, is... Like, if that stuff wasn't there, like, like if those sort of blockades, th- these mental blockades you're putting in, f- in front of your performance, if they weren't there, then you could just like have a really awesome performance. Yeah, and a good time at yeah, the same time. Yeah, but no, I we insist th- on like thinking and and then uh, and then I, I do you experience this do you have moments where you're on stage where you're like oh shit i'm in it it's fine i'm not worried yeah and those are the best ones yeah. i mean those are the ones that like and a lot of times those those aren't the ones that are being filmed or you know <laughs> feel like they aren't the ones that make you feel like it means anything yeah. they're the shows that are just the shows you know the ones yeah. that you know, you're like, oh, I got this House of Blues show coming up. Yeah. And it's going to be those ones are the ones that I'm always more. But when I'm playing some shitty dive bar in the town over, you know, I will be like, you know, thrilled the whole time and just like in the moment and like, oh, I'm killing. You know, I have like positive thinking a little bit, which uh, is not my strong point. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's as soon as you assign value to it for some reason, it, it's weird. It like messes with your head yeah i just think it's something that we have to like consciously do work on and and get over because just personally like i uh i don't want to do that i don't want to i don't want to see a video of myself and be like oof, what happened there but you kind of have to if you're gonna do this like you're gonna see videos like that and it's probably better that you think like that then you're like, even like if 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 you watched it and your show wasn't as good as it maybe you thought it was, yeah. your if your mind was like, oh yeah, that was great, you know, it just like went to that instead like of Kenny Powers. These are the yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> Where you hey man, I didn't see anything shit. wrong with that performance. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you didn't have that attitude. I don't know though because ignorance is bliss a little uh, yeah, bit. I don't, I think I, it's that, a competition. That's the thing is I think like uh, I've seen it with artists, with people who are just like I don't want to say dumb, but like but they have the blinders on to certain things that that are coming at them in life, and it's it it, it makes for good performances or it makes for good art because like I hate to give Kanye West as an example, but like that's a he's a great example of someone who's just like really going to just stick to their guns and 
just deliver art how they want to deliver it and not like really think about any sort of consequence to it. Yeah, but I don't know. Don't don't you don't think that if he was like had a little bit of a critic in himself that he would be maybe a little better and like become well, yeah, I said I said that I hated to give it an ex- as an example, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, no matter who the example is, he's probably as like, self-critical. You think he is as self-critical uh, as you I are? I think pro- maybe not as me, or maybe he's less than me, or more than me. I don't know, but like, but like, do you think do you think Kanye West goes home and is like, oh fuck, what did I do? What did I say? I feel like I don't know. I feel like he's more like I said all that shit and uh, it was cool and it was fine and probably didn't even think about it a second time maybe. Like there wasn't like a after I got home moment where you're reflecting on the Yeah, see, I feel like the after I got home moment is like my entire existence <laughs> of how I like said the wrong thing at a party or something. Or even like yeah, like podcasts to be honest scare the shit out of me because now we're going to this is going to you know, someone can listen to this forever. Eight, my eight people that will, uh, you know, subscribe or it's whatever. Eight people the, now, the, but like <laughs> now that Mathian's yeah, on, now it's going to be more Ma- like it's going to be like hundred, thirteen, fourteen people, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be getting that sponsorship here soon, maybe. No, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a fine line, and I think at some point, if you do it long enough, you're going to get there to that line of you know, self-doubt and questioning and critiquing. Because and, in the early days, you're just playing music. You're just making it through the performance. You're barely get. you're, like, barely getting through. Once you get past that, like, little part and, like, you know, you're, you can, pl- like, play. Me, what, I feel like once the point I was doing, like, four-hour sets all the time, like, um, you know, that was, like, a level up. And that gave my, because I could do that, no problem, eventually, like it get, gives gives your mind extra capacity while you're doing it while you're doing the thing so then you can you know think about reflect on it more in the moment and you know in That's other true. times as well but when you're first starting you know you're playing like a 30 minute set for some talent show or, or something yeah. you know what i mean like it's it you're just like uh, you get the deer in the headlights and you don't remember even any of it you're just like i made it through that i did that thing yeah I don't know. I so you think that it would be better to be somebody with blinders up? I I do you think? well, I'm personally actually personally actually getting better at uh sort of letting go. So you've been actively working on that, or it's it's hard to say. I'm actively working on it because it's something that it doesn't involve. Uh, doing it doesn't doing any, it, yeah like it doesn't involve doing... adding to it. It, it it involves subtracting so it doesn't feel like you're doing right. anything. But I mean, you've thought about it at length. It I've thought about it to like a point where I'm trying to just be more relaxed, and I think that's really the key. Like I'm reading um, Questlove's book right now, and I've talked to people who've like played shows with the Roots before, and Questlove, man, like, like. My friend, when we played a, a summer camp, my friend said he went to their stage. When they showed up, he said the Roots were supposed to perform at 2 p.m. And he said at 1.40, they weren't there. And he was like, <laughs> yo, what the fuck? And he said at 1.50, their tour bus pulled up 
next to the side of the stage. The Roots got off of the tour bus. They set up their equipment. They played for 45 minutes. And then they put all their shit into the tour bus, and the tour bus drove off. Just left. <laughs> he said they were, yeah, he said they were in Chillicothe, Illinois for like an hour, and then it was over with. <laughs> and I'm just trying to imagine, you know, just from reading Questlove's book, I'm imagining his mind state while he's in this scenario. Because if it were me, I'd be like, oh, fuck, dude, the gig's not going to happen. You know, I'd be so scared just like pulling up to a gig and then performing and then leaving right afterwards, you know. But do you think that's how they were doing a lot of shows? I, they I, only did that yes, one because it was I, that's, summer camp. That's sort of my point is I think that his life was a, in, in such a way where it was like, well, one, it probably wouldn't have mattered if that gig would have gotten canceled for him. But also I think that like the whole like, you know, this whole type A trait that I have of getting to the gig like uh, before you're supposed to be there and setting up and like doing all that shit like like uh, you kind of got to let a lot of that stuff go if you're going to be in you know doing it the way doing it the way that, that he was doing it I guess uh, well I think that there's a there's there's some X factors there though because you know, something that in that story that stood out to me is that um, you said like the gig didn't really matter if they if it got canceled. Yeah, and that I think that that's because there's a lot of people. You know, if I could just show up to a gig and play and leave and didn't have to do all every part of every part of it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't have to do the sound, I didn't have to do the booking, I didn't have to do the promotion, I didn't have to do the teardown, all that stuff, and I could just show up and play. I mean, wouldn't it be easier to not be? It would, a type e- it would be easier to was... relax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could chill out. You could show up, just play, and get. I mean, that that's literally like my goal. My only goal as a musician is to per- get to a performing where I'm performing regularly, where I don't have to do all the ins and outs, and I can focus more on the music. I don't know. Is, is, is that... You just gotta find you a. That... You just gotta find someone who's more of a psycho about this shit than you are. <laughs> And then yeah, you could become like a rhythm guitarist, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, but if I wanted to just be a rhythm guitarist, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't do, I probably wouldn't do it at all. I could just do that in my bedroom, you know. I, right. What we're I saying, don't, I don't know what, what we're is. saying is rhythm guitar is fucking easy. <laughs> not saying that. Not saying that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, to be a good rhythm player, maybe, maybe uh, a little bit tough sometimes. But I think that it wouldn't it wouldn't be as fulfilling, you know, to be for me. Yeah, I as feel a you. I feel to you be on that. Just a rhythm guitar player. I mean, there's something that innate that just drives me. I don't know what it is to just keep expressing and expressing and expressing these, either through a podcast or through you know the music or through a performance or I don't know what it is. But if I wasn't doing that constantly. Um, I don't know what I would do. It would be weird. Yeah, someone someone asked me what I would be doing if I didn't do music. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be a real sad bartender somewhere, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. Really, I really don't, don't I've know. I've never even thought like about a, it. <laughs> I'd be like a social worker or something. I was like upset with where he was in life. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, do you feel truly not upset with your life right now 
Oh, I feel pretty good. You're you're in a good spot. I, I feel well, I feel nice. pretty happy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. I wish that. Um, How about you? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Obviously, that's where I was getting to. Is like, there's something like uh, that drives me to try to express myself in so many different ways all the time, but and I do that, but I don't. I still don't feel like I'm. I don't know. Hit hitting it where I need to be or something. Does that does that make sense? It does. It hundred percent does. I'm trying because you're saying you'd be a frustrated uh, social worker. But I'm still kind of a frustrated musician. I guess I would be a lot more frustrated if I didn't have the musician part. I'd be even more. But I I'm still trying, am. I'm right? trying to figure out what I what I've been doing differently uh, to where I don't feel the same way I used to feel in that regard. And it is it, it is a lot of like letting go and relaxing uh, about about stuff that you like can't really can't control. That's sort of what it was for me because I there's certain there's certain aspects about my career that uh would seem like I'm not doing as well as I was maybe to some people maybe not but uh yeah I'm trying to figure I, I wish I could pinpoint exactly what I did to I think I just stopped like I, I I think I just got a little older and I was just like oh that doesn't matter maybe whatever I was tripping out about not to say that you're tripping out about the same thing no I I've had that realization on different levels yeah. you know I, I and maybe that's two levels away from where I'm at or one level away from where I'm at but um you know I I want I want ultimately I think part of maybe the thing that I mentioned earlier about you, you can, because you can put a song, you can start a song, write a song and put it out from start to finish. You have this like mass collective of like music. I feel like I, I have all this like backlog of stuff I can't ever get out because it costs too much money and I can't figure out how to make it sound right. Mm. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it because you, you, I mean, how many albums do you have? I I really haven't even been thinking about albums lately. I think uh you know, it's definitely over 10. But uh I've been more focused on um singles because well, I don't yeah, I agree with that method for sure. Uh, I think I don't yeah. think that people really listen to albums. Yeah. I I did But I mean that's a lot of music. That's like a ton of music. Yeah, I mean I, I sort of got into a mode where I was just going to put out everything that I recorded. And now since I've been only putting out singles, uh, it's been a lot of track hoarding. So I think <laughs> don't, I don't want to get into so that. You, you know, I don't want to get into, uh-oh, I've got like five albums here and I'm never going to put out this music, you know, because I know those artists too. That just kind of keep recording, keep recording. Yeah, they just hoard. Anything. And, but there's... There's good things about that too, because there's people like Maxwell and, uh, you know, like Peter Gabriel and Sade and like these artists who like sort of appear every now and again, and they put out a bunch of music, and then people listen to it, and then they go away for a long time. You don't hear about them unless they're dropping. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just like. As I wish I could be that mysterious people. person that does that, but. <laughs> 
But I don't think that that mo model really works as well as it used to. I think a lot of times when you disappear nowadays, you disappear. Like, I, <laughs> there's not a lot of bands that... There's a lot of, like, five seconds of fame type things, and then they disappear. Or there's people that'll just be around forever. It doesn't seem like there's too many people that are in the middle, you know? Aerosmith, dude. Okay, but we're... They're gonna be I mean, forever. <laughs> do you like, yeah, but do you like Aerosmith? I like their early like, stuff. What's your yeah, favorite I mean, Aerosmith song? Let's talk about this. This is important. Um, it's not. I, my knowledge of this is not going to be as in depth of yours, but probably, um, "Dream On" is obviously a really cool one. Um, I'm saying pretty much uh, uh, that guitar. Hey, you ever heard the one that goes "Fa Fa, um, Daddy Little Cutie, Fa Fa." Sounds familiar. That song's awesome. <laughs> What's the name of it? Uh, it's called Ragdoll. Ragdoll. I'm uh, Sweet Emotion. Obviously, is a great song. Uh, what? Um, that might be. Uh, no, uh, there's one other one that I, I I tend to go back to. Um, I could play it on the guitar, but I can't walk come this up way. With the, yeah, I I mean I I like that song okay. I don't know. Not my favorite by any means. Is it uh I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Definitely not that song. Definitely not that song. song. Was written for Celine Dion. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That that almost makes more sense. Yeah, it was written for Celine Dion be... and she passed on it. She's like, "Give this to Aerosmith. This shit is a whack." <laughs> but she could sing it. You could hear her like, "I don't want to close my eyes." Yeah, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have killed it the same way uh, Stephen Tyler did, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's it's definitely not even close to probably the top of their repertoire at all. But it, there is something good about it. There is like, I mean, for a cheesy love song that like, I don't know. It always always makes you think Armageddon every time that movie. What right? a great movie! Oh my god. <laughs> But I mean, every time I hear it, I go back. And <laughs> I think if you watch that movie now, you might not have the same opinion. But um, you you might like it almost more for the comedic, the unintentional comedic value. <laughs> I love. It. I think there's a man. Lot. You know what I do when I need to go to sleep is I turn on a shitty movie, an old com it, well comedy from the eighties. Ugh. Oh yeah. That they're they're just like good in a whole different way. There's also a bit of nostalgia that you know you like. Yeah. Like I was like, "Ah, oh, I watched this when I was a kid. That's cool." But then like you're like, "I can't believe that he got away with saying that." Yeah. Then. Like <laughs> there's a lot of that. Yeah, you're like, "Whoa, funny. they did a butt fuck joke in uh, Barney." Wow. <laughs> okay. And and then there's there's a lot of like uh that writing doesn't even make sense. Like no character would ever do that ever. <laughs> So that, that, that there's a lot of lot of unintentional funny parts, or like they'll they'll be like a bad editing. Do you do you do edit videos? Yeah. So like I, I feel like ever since I started doing that, it's become a whole different thing. When I watch videos, obviously, so when I'm watching like some of those old video, those old '80s movies, you're like you're just like caught off guard by one of the edits. Like, why did they do it that way? Like. <laughs> I always ca I always catch stuff too. I like really. I have a I have a I have an editor. So I'll watch a movie and be like, "Ha ha, he's eating that sandwich." But there were three bites taken in the earlier scene. But <laughs> now, now there's, now there's two. only one bite. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think Big D actually just had some sort of thing that Laurelin, my girlfriend, was telling me that he posted about the Mandalorian where he caught some weird, uh, weird, uh, not like continuity issue. Yeah. Like his arm. I'll, I'll look at stuff ah. like the stuff that's like a, like a period piece, like like movies that are f- supposedly take place in the 80s. I'll like look in the background at the uh, signs on the store windows and stuff like that and be like, oh, they got Wi-Fi? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you watch the Cobra Kai? Did you watch that? I watched a couple episodes of that. Yeah, because I I'm a it huge Karate uh, Kid fan. Well, it was good. I called you Karate Kid earlier. So I remember, dude. I'll that, never now. forget. <laughs> Maybe uh, if I save you, I'll save you in my phone as the Karate Kid. Save me, dude. It's Danielson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just right. watched the one with Hillary Swank. I never saw that one. Hey, if you like. Are ever really missing uh, Mr. Miyagi super hard? You just watch that movie because he's in that movie a lot. Nice. It's really it's really well, Miyagi centrist, if you ask me. Well, he was the guy in the movie, so honk. <laughs> Remember when he honks but, the guy's um, nose? Ah, uh, it's been too long. All right. I well, know. we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, yeah, speaking of next time, I probably don't want to, it's already been over an hour. I don't want to keep you too long. But, you know, great great catching up, great having an excuse to have a real conversation with you. Uh, you can also just, like, call me on the phone sometime if you want to nope, talk. Nope, only, only podcasts, yeah. only content creation. I don't do any other sort of, you know, communicating. I, I, I have to. Hey, so is this going to be, uh, is this going to be raw like we're just gonna put this thing up, or are we gonna? Are you gonna go through and edit? I'm more with this one, especially just raw. I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, it's. I'm already gonna have to edit it because you're gonna send me those wave files. True. So that, but um, so I mean, if the I don't know, but mostly it's gonna be. I'm just gonna try to make every time you talk really quiet and every time I talk really loud. <laughs> you're gonna and, put you're gonna put echo on your voice, but I won't get echo. And, so you'll sound like a god. Gonna, yeah, and then I'm gonna make like your word. I'm gonna spread out the space between your words so you sound maybe a little dumber. You can also take and, stuff uh, out of context and be like, you know, from earlier conversations, <laughs> you'd be like, "We played at this one place and it was really great." The white nationalist who hired us was a nice person. <laughs> yeah, definitely planning on doing that. Yeah, because that's that's definitely how I spent spend. You know, if I if I if I didn't have other stuff to do, it would be fun to <laughs> maybe maybe. You do just that. do a whole Mathian smear campaign, Tyler, if you want to. <laughs> that, that's been my my whole uh, plan all along. You just Dang. found me out. Yeah, you're you're about to. No, but I've I've always I've always appreciated what you do, and I appreciate you letting us be a part of it at one point in time. And uh, I think that everything you do is awesome, pretty much. So uh, I, I've I've always been a fan. Well, those were amazing times, man. Yeah, good times. I remember just watching you play the guitar, man. You, you blew my mind that way. Oh, stop it. More, m- more than just, you know, singing songwriter. You know, I, I, I come across a lot of those, but you were like, a, I felt like a real, you were a real guitar player. I, there, I didn't have a lot of those when, you know, Blair's good, don't get me wrong, but you were, you have like a different, a different um, mind, I think, than a lot of people I'm around in that front, if that makes sense. Man. And that's. Thank you. That's nice. 
but I, I really think that just comes from listening to everything, listening to tons of different kinds of music. And then it definitely comes across. I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier before we, we, we decided to do this is that like, I feel like your music is like complete fusion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it pulls from so many different areas of, of uh, like different genres yeah. and stuff. And there's like, there's rap, there's funk, there's rock, you know, there's so many different elements. There's blues, there's kind of easy listening type stuff yeah. sometimes. There's like real jazzy sections, lots of jazzy section. Like there's just a lot of different, um, different, textures and feels that come and it's song to song you know i feel like you're kind of you know scattered in the best way on that front so yeah thanks man i'm glad i'm glad it's uh i'm glad that's coming through because it's not it's not really at this point it's not something i'm trying to do it's really really just a product of all this absorption of different uh styles that i've studied well i i think i think people get that vibe a lot if they listen if they listen to any Mathian at all I think it's I mean I'm they get ultimately a music fan I just yeah, really yeah. really love just turning on records and I really love Discover Weekly on Spotify maybe that's what I'll, oh is that is that something I don't know but what is it's that like a, uh, it's like a playlist that's curated just for you based on the creepy algorithm it knows what you're searching <laughs> on Google, so it's all like, right. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah, that's that's on what Spotify. What Spotify? I guess I normally do Pandora, which is kind of that same thing. I yeah, mean, the whole thing is yeah based on what you hate that you like. Uh huh. I yeah. I don't know what the ex- experience for if you listen to Matheon on Pandora. I don't know what that's like, but um. I I heard a lot of like um, there's a lot of black keys which after the first song let his head really made a lot of sense that those two would be I mean the 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 rockness of it the kind of blues rock feel um, there was some like I think some Mraz came up um, Jason Mraz and I mean I think it was like a lot of like really generic associations. I don't think it comes with like. Uh, I think you have to start liking and disliking things to really dial it in. But Jason Mraz. I think it was some Pearl, <laughs> Pearl Jam. Some Pearl Jam uh, came up, which I. Uh huh. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, love. I love Pearl I was, Jam, dude. I I I'm a fan. I, I I would say I like like seven of their songs a lo- really a lot. They're like. <laughs> Deep down, that's a good number, really. In my, I'm, yeah, but probably I mean, me too. I can't do the albums. I can't really do the albums. There's a lot of filler I feel in those mm. albums, but there's like some songs that just hit you, and they're. Just, and then, and then next thing you know, Eddie Vedder is playing in a uh, ukulele. <laughs> yeah, which some people really like that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. It's okay. Yo, fuck but, the I ukulele. Mean, those classic, <laughs> hey man, ukulele. I'm just kidding. Right. I don't. I don't play it professionally. I was joking. I do. I, I feel like I, why I, am I subconsciously trying to keep this going longer? I don't know. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing. I don't know why. Do we but, love each um, other, dude? Is that what that is? <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it, I think. All right. Um, where can people hear your music? I, I want to definitely really let any, them know. And I'll probably... Go ahead. Anywhere... Uh, However, people listen to music. I think they can find me on there. Like they just SoundCloud. type in Mathia. I really, I really push Spotify. I like Spotify. I'm not, you know, I don't feel like 
Uh, they're probably screwing us over, but I don't know. <laughs> it just you seems, don't think I look at the analytics of, of where uh, where people are listening to my music and Spotify is my, my biggest. I, I think that it's it's interesting that they not, I don't think as many people or as many platforms do those kind of dino, uh, what's the word you say analytics yeah analytics <laughs> they don't do it I just went blank diagnostics um, they don't that's autos yeah that's what I was going for but that doesn't that's make for cars sense. Um, next time I'll know that right <laughs> no, no it's not about that but it's like. Not but I, I feel like they do more an analysis and they let the artists see it. I feel like a lot of those other ones, I don't really, like, I, I don't know what my Apple music numbers and locations yeah. are at, at, as easily as I do Spotify. Yeah. But the thing I, I went out a huge spot of, I, because I don't like to pay for subscriptions of things, I guess. So oh, no. I think Spotify is one of those that if you pay for it, it's like awesome. And if you don't, it's not worth it. No, I think that's no Spotify. If you don't pay for it, is trash because it just shuffles. Yeah, yeah, and it's like goes straight to like Taylor Swift after yeah. it's to a Mathian song. Yeah, next thing you know, you're listening to the Kim Kardashian podcast. <laughs> but okay, so pretty much just type in Mathian anywhere yeah. people can find your music. Oh, you can always cool go to Math- Mathian.com because I just uh, updated it. That's pretty. It's pretty solid over there. Awesome. I'll check that out. Anything else you want to promote or good? Mm. Yeah. I always think about this stuff later. <laughs> it's all good. I put you on the spot there. All right. Well, I appreciate you hanging out for a little while. I know it was a long time, but uh, we'll try to do it together. Felt do good, it again man. sometime, maybe. I'll send you those files. Right. Yeah, well, we'll have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll definitely do that. I'll send them. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, man. I'll uh, I'll hopefully talk to you soon. I'll try to keep in touch. Lovely talking better. to you. All right, man. Have a good rest of your day. Oh, that's it. See you. Uh, Later. See you. Whoa.